This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by First Day Back. And First Day Back is a podcast about people coming back to whatever it is they do after probably the worst experience of their lives. I've done stand-up comedy, and you know my biggest fear in doing stand-up was dying on stage in the sense of having a really shitty time. The star of the new season three of First Day Back literally died on stage. His heart stopped for five minutes during his set, and the season is all about what happened next. You can also binge season two right now. It's about a woman who comes back from prison, but her husband is not back at home to greet her because she was in prison for shooting him. So check out First Day Back in your podcast app wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And this week we're talking about mayonnaise. 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 Mayo. Mayo. Uh, Matthew, I have to say, I I know that we we planned this episode a while ago, Mm -hmm. and I know that you're probably not really excited about it because you are condiment phobic. Well, it depends what you mean by excited. Like, you know... You know that experiment where, like, like, like they found like in a variety of experiments that that uh, you know people interpret like the the sensations of arousal in different ways depending on the context and like what they've been told by the experimenter. Oh, like, yeah. I feel very excited in a bad way. <laughs> okay, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> okay, I. I it's don't... not that I feel like you know uh, lackadaisical about this. I feel very engaged and fearful. <laughs> I feel very lackadaisical about this. I just really, um, I just would prefer to maybe not be eating straight mayonnaise today. I I mean, I'm going to taste the homemade. We're going to whip up some homemade mayo and I'm going to taste that. I'm not going to taste the the mayo directly out of the jar. You're not? No. Oh, I totally will. It's it's fine. I'll do it for us. But the thing is, is like, okay, can, can I be honest and say that mayonnaise is one of those things that like, I love knowing how to make it and I I will gladly make it if someone asks me to, yet there's something about, um, taste, you have to taste it Mm -hmm. to make sure that it's seasoned properly. And usually by the time I'm done making it, even if I've used a recipe, you know, even a recipe needs a little bit of like, you know, adjusting of the salt and whatever. 
I always feel vaguely ill after finishing mm, making a batch of mayonnaise. I, can I be your taster? I don't know oh, if you can please, trust my God, palate. Please, that because I love making mayonnaise, but I hate the repeated tasting of it. No, I'm excited about the homemade mayonnaise. Okay, like okay. In a, excited in a good way. Okay. Uh, hey, so listener, this is our mayonnaise episode. Oh, it was suggested by listener Kim. Thank you for listener Kim. Thank you for listener Kim. That's all I want for Christmas. <laughs> Too bad Christmas is already over. Do you think listener Kim is little Kim? Probably not. Matthew, tell me about your, your memory lane of mayonnaise. I've always hated and feared it. Actually, no, I have I have a very strong ma- memory mayonnaise lane. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What just happened? Did you start short-circuiting? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do not disassemble number five. Um Wow, we watched that movie like last year and like Short Circuit? Yeah, like it's, it's, some things about it are really terrible, Is but that also the one some things are really funny. Um who was the um the actor in that um some Fisher something? Fisher Stevens. Yes, he recently showed up in a um a show that Ash and I watched called The Night of. Oh, was he hired or did he just show up? <laughs> he just okay. showed up. He worked as a pharmacist and um anyway, I was like that guy. He worked as a pharmacist. <laughs> He's on the show. Okay, he played a pharmacist. He played okay. a pharmacist, and it he was, was a job. He's like, you know, they were like, you know, your acting career didn't really work out, but could you? Do you want to be the onset pharmacist? <laughs> we we have an opening. Anyway, can, can keep the stars supplied with their Xanaxes. Yeah. Um, so, oh yeah, short story. Yes, well, he he was doing like he, brown face in the movie, and it's and it's really problematic. Oh um, my god, he was. Yeah, he played an Indian guy, which he is oh, not. Oh, that's horrible. But the robot is cute. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <sighs> uh, okay, so I guess I guess we can't recommend us, that movie. This brings us back to. Did you read that article in the Paris Review? I think it was by. Um, Claire Dieterer, maybe? I did, yes. About what, what to do with the art of monstrous men. Mm-hmm. Like, what what do we do about... I well, mean, that was a different thing. Yeah. But still, like, like art that uh, that by today's standards is, is offensive or insensitive or... Yeah, I don't think I can recommend that movie, and yet I'm still going to quote from it. So yeah. I'm, I've got no legs to stand on. Okay. Um, okay, so mayonnaise. Yeah. Oh, oh my memory lane. That's, yeah. that's where we're going. Um, so around the same time that I was in, for enjoying the movie Short Circuit in the theater, which I believe I saw in a uh, double feature with Space Camp. Hmm. Carry did you, on. Did you see Space Camp? No. Leah Thompson went to space? Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> I mean, she played a character who went to space. Leah so, Thompson was, was um, like, very, like, such a girl next door kind of. Oh, yeah. Beauty. Yeah, I mean that's she was she was uh, Lorraine um, uh, McFly. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. right. Okay, I, I almost came. I almost pulled her maiden name for Back to the Future. Baines, I think. How did Is you that remember right? that? Might, I, I think it's close, but it might not be correct. Okay. Um, I don't know. Lorraine Baines. I think so. Really? Okay. I think maybe. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw Back to the Future on my tenth birthday, like with my friends for my tenth birthday. That's exciting. In 1985. What a what a day. Um, so my memory lane. I've been skirting around this because like it's it's actually a painful memory. Um, my mom uh, told me that she thought I might like tuna salad, and she first uh, gave me some plain canned tuna to taste, and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. And she's like, now try this, um, and gave me a bite of tuna salad, and it's. It's like the most visceral disgust that I've ever felt in my life. Really? Yeah. 
Like, really? It was like it is horrifying to remember. And I realized were that, you like, were you able to swallow? I, I'm not saying like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Um, just like in terms of like pure physical disgust. No, okay. I spit it out. Okay. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, so that's my memory lane. Okay. I've eaten a lot of mayonnaise in my day. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, when I was a kid, used to do something that's going to kill Matthew right now. <laughs> um, she would buy Oscar Mayer beef bologna. I loved it. And then she would like lay a slice down on the, on the countertop and she would spread mayonnaise on it and then roll it up into like a little cigar shape. I remember this from the and, bologna episode, yeah, this, cold cuts. This was called a bologna roll up. Of course. I also had tuna salad frequently as a child. We had these little orange um, Tupperwares that I think were actually made by Tupperware. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my mom probably got them at a Tupperware party. Oh, yeah. These little orange Tupperwares that were like the perfect size to go in your kid's lunch. And I remember my mom, uh, you know, packing me tuna salad with celery for lunch. Sure. In those little containers. Um, I remember having a bologna sandwich with mayonnaise. Um. Yeah. There's just always been a lot of a lot of mayonnaise around, and my mom was a big. <laughs> there has always been a lot of mayonnaise around. <laughs> my mom was a big Hellman's fan. Uh, f- for those who live, um, is it west west of the Rockies? It's best foods. Oh, is it west? It's not. It's not the Mississippi. It's the Rock. That would make sense. Yeah, I think it's the Rockies. Those who live west of the Rockies get best foods. The rest of the country gets Hellman's. If you carry a jar of it across over the, the, the Rockies, the label changes. like in Back to the Future, how the the photo is changing. Oh, I forgot about mm-hmm. that. Wow, you, have you watched it recently or something? No. Okay, great. Anyway, um, so yeah, I grew up eating you know a what it lot is. Of, of Hellman's mayonnaise, and I it never occurred to me that it was gross. Well, I mean, that's because it's not. It's, it's that I have a weird hang-up. But I think a lot of people have a mayonnaise hang-up. Sure, it's a... It's a- it's an unusual texture. Well, and when you start thinking about what it is, which we'll talk about True. more in a That's second, it. Like, it just seems revolting. It kind of like shouldn't be that way. Well, it, I feel like it walks this line between pure magic mm-hmm. and revulsion. Yes. You know why I keep talking about Back to the Future? I went to see a friend's band, and the band is called 88 Miles Per Hour. Um, is that how fast you had to go? To go back, back seems in time. Slow. Yeah. slow. I mean, (laughs) what does this say about your driving? No, but I just feel like, you know, you think about like. No, that's true. It seems like it could be very easy then when you're just driving on the highway, if you're driving in the DeLorean. Okay, but you still have to have a time machine. Like, it's not not that just any car. You have to have the flux capacitor installed. Is that? Oh, okay. And it has to be powered by plutonium or lightning. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Okay. okay. Um, so, yeah, see how hard I'm working to not talk about mayonnaise. Okay. Like, can I okay, can yes. I throw down some science, please? And I would like you to help me out with this because I I am excited for mayo science. Okay. So mayo is a it's a stable emulsion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you just define emulsion briefly? It's like where you take two things that would. Or, or like two things and bring them into a stable union, like a marriage. <laughs> that, no, that's marriage. Um, <laughs> the emulsion is when you take uh, two substances that um, should not uh, dissolve in each other um, because one is polar and one is nonpolar, and you introduce a third substance that causes them to stably mix. Ah, this is like marriage. It's like an open marriage. It's like a thruple. A thruple. Right? What's a thruple? It's a three-person couple. Oh, is that a thing? 
Well, the word is it. Th- I mean, yes, it's a thing. Okay. Okay. I mean, uh, separate from a threesome, which would just imply like a like an encounter. Right. Okay. Great. So, um, anyway, it doesn't really scale scale up. I don't think because like <laughs> like if you add one more, is that like a fuple? <laughs> This is, this is where I'm going to get in trouble, like talking about a, a thing that, that you we don't, don't know, know anything, anything about. about. Okay. Uh, mayo is a stable emulsion made from oil, egg yolk, and acid. Mm-hmm. So usually lemon juice or vinegar. Um, of course, then there are variations that have other flavorings like herbs, um, garlic, anchovies, and, and then, of course, salt, right? Yes. But basically, here's the deal. So you've got your yolk, right? And in the yolk are proteins and lecithin. Okay. And lecithin is a, a fatty substance that um, that attracts both water and fats. Yes, it's amphib... It's amphibious. That sounds right. Am- it's amphiphilic, meaning that it's both hydrophilic and lipophilic. Yes. What is amphoteric is something. What's that? I don't remember. That's the word that came to mind, but I think it's something else. But I, I kind of think of it as like a, um, I don't know, like a, like a key that has two two ends. It's like a key that has two ends. And, and so it hooks onto one thing and it hooks onto the other and then it, it links them together. Right. Sort of. But I mean, but the way it works is by like forming, it, it takes the the fatty thing, mm-hmm. the oily thing and like allows the little bubbles that it breaks up into, mm-hmm. it, it keeps them from from joining back together into big Is it bubbles. because it surrounds them with molecules of something else? Yes, exactly. So so a mayonnaise is full of I little remember. teeny tiny bubbles of uh, oil that are coated with lecithin. Okay. Because I remember in like AP Bio, I remember making, um, I remember learning about things being like hydrophilic or, or lipophilic yep. or whatever. And I remember making little drawings of is it fat molecules that are like round with a tail? Yes. And those surrounding like a bubble of water or yep. something? Or my a, cells? Are we talking about my cells? Maybe. I loved this part of biology. It's a shame I don't remember yep. it better. Okay. Anyway, so um, so lecithin, which I see on tons of food labels. Um, yeah, because it's it's a very powerful emulsifier, and, and it's naturally occurring both in in the plant world and in the animal world. Okay. Uh, so I'm sure that it's isolated from all kinds of things. Yeah, I don't know how, how don't, don't industrial know how lecithin that. is made. But anyway, <clears throat> basically, when you 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 so you bi- you bisque, <laughs> <laughs> you make it you make a bisque, and then you and then you float a <laughs> toast with a rui on top. <laughs> no, that's something you. Not, I don't know what, what I'm talking about? <laughs> You're talking about bouillabaisse. Bouillabaisse. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you. You take an egg yolk and you whisk it, okay? It's so some French of, thing starting you, with B. It's a baguette, okay? You kind of break it up, right? Yeah. Okay, and so... so and then you break it down. Matthew, stop it. <laughs> you take egg yolk and you, you beat it, and then you start slowly adding oil, okay? And you're whisking all the while. So basically, you are, as you're adding this oil, you're separating it with the whisk into these tiny mm-hmm. little droplets and then coating it with the egg yolk. Right. And, and I, I think that an egg yolk can emulsify up to, is it three quarters or one cup of oil? It's much more than that. Really? I'm so glad you mentioned this. It's so incredible that you can stretch that lecithin. Right. Then. So Harold McGee of On Food and Cooking fame mm-hmm. uh, wrote a column about mayo and like how, how, how much emulsifying power one yolk has. Mm-hmm. It was 
outrageous. Was it something like 12? You could make 12 quarts of mayonnaise or something? something like that, yes. But how do you do that? Because most of us home cooks, you can't do that. But, I mean, you don't want to do that. Like, partly, like, the yolk, aside from the emulsifying power, like, the the flavor and texture of the yolk is part of what you're looking for, and you don't necessarily want to stretch it that thin. But if you had to, if it was, like, (laughs) mayonnaise Hanukkah... Uh, <laughs> you mean if there was an abundance of if oil? If there's an abundance of oil. No, that, that's no, the opposite that's, of Hanukkah. That's, yeah. Okay, no, if they it had was, to make, you had to make a little bit of oil. Go <laughs> was egg way. Hanukkah? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but I think this is so cool. So you can think about, I mean, that the reason why you would want to add oil so slowly in the beginning is you've got to like get that emulsion started, right? Mm-hmm. Because is there some way in which the emulsion kind of builds on itself or it becomes e- easier to... No, it, I mean, it definitely seems that way. I don't know what the chemistry of that is, yeah. but it certainly seems like that's how it works. Well, anyway, the the um, this, you know, this oil and this egg sort of form the base of the emulsion. Um, and then the the well, so here what's what Wikipedia says, the oil and the water in the yolk mm-hmm. form a base of the emulsion. So the base of the emulsion, I think they're referring to the things that wouldn't mix without the emulsifier, Ah, the things you're trying to get to mix. And then lecithin and the protein in the yolk stabilizes it. Okay. Okay. And then mustard adds flavor and also stability because mustard uh, contains lecithin. It's an emulsifier as well. It sounds like in the Wikipedia description that that you're not adding any other source of water. Yeah, I found I that guess, interesting. I, I don't know. Like, can you make mayo with like just eggs and oil? Uh, I think. I guess so, because because you're not adding that much of yeah, the acid, right? No, okay. you're not. Um, I think it's really interesting to remember that that mustard is an emulsifier. Uh, like when I make vinaigrette, that is interesting. <laughs> when I make vinaigrette, it's basically oil and vinegar. Good point. But then I'm putting mustard in there, and all of a sudden, I have what looks like a, a sauce. You're right. It, it it was interesting. I'm sorry. Thank you, Matthew. Anyway, I found it, uh, I I could not find a clear origin story for mayonnaise, which strikes me as odd. But it probably started in the 50s, right? No. Um, It it probably, like, came, it probably sort of arose naturally in all kinds of places. Like it bubbled up like oil? In all kinds of places where olive oil existed. Um, and, and, And where, like, the simple preparation of oil and egg would happen. There was a certain dinosaur that, that... When it died, got it turned into mayo. Yeah. Anyway, like all these places in the Mediterranean where aioli is made, right? Olive oil is abundant. Uh, Garlic is abundant, garlic, presumably. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. Anyway, also the origin of its name is unclear. I'm pretty sure that we've got some listeners who will feel like they have like an authoritative beat on the name, like well, where it came from. So like, but there are other things that end with nays, yes. like bearnays. Dijonays. <laughs> Mayonnaise. <laughs> uh, mayonnaise. Well, yeah, that's the vegan mayonnaise. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm <laughs> um, okay. Those, you're right. Hollandaise. Oh yeah. So bouillabaisse. But like bearnaise and hollandaise. Bear the bearnaise and ladies. Um, bearnaise and hollandaise. Um, <laughs> it's been bearnaise. And- <laughs> Sorry, um, they're all they're all like emulsified sauces, right? So yeah. does A's mean it's emulsified? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, uh, Matthew, have you made homemade mayonnaise before? I I think once. The first time I made it was after reading um, uh, a little essay by Lori Colwin in Home Cooking. 
And I and think that essay, the, I think essay was essay, called Molly Make I, Mayonnaise. I think it's called Chicken Salad, actually. She, that it's makes sense. very short. And she talks about that you need to make homemade mayo for chicken salad, which I vehemently disagree with. I also think I remember around the same time reading something that Amanda Hesser, today of Food 52. Sure. Uh, Amanda Hesser wrote, I, I think this was Amanda Hesser, wrote something about how like the texture of, of the finished mayonnaise should be like the texture of, of paint from a tube. Huh. I think Amanda that Hesser wrote that. That plausible. I remember at the time thinking, well, that seems esoteric. Like, yeah, it's, I can't, it's, it's very artsy. I can't, I can't picture that. And yet now I always remember it. And I think yeah. that it, I think it works. Um, you, when was the last time you used paint from a tube? Uh... I don't re- I don't remember the last time, but I, I find it to be such an appealing product. The last time like to I did go it was to an when art I was supply store and see like all of the different colors of paint you can get in beautiful like unsqueezed oh, I tubes. I love it. There was a summer, so um, my cousin has always been a, an incredible artist. Uh, shout out to Katie Karadek of Oakland, California. Goes through a lot of paint tubes. Um, anyway, she. Um, she took a lot of of like so taking art classes was like her thing growing up and anyway the two of us together one summer applied for this pre-college program at what was then California College of Arts and Crafts mm-hmm. now California College of the Arts and um we were both like 16 we got to live on the college campus and take classes with like these you know art professors there. Why did they drop the crafts? I feel like I some it, people were probably really upset about this at the time. Um, but I think the whole idea of arts and crafts has become sort of outdated. Like, yeah, I suppose. Now it seems to like refer to making like log cabins out of popsicle sticks. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Or, but, or to like, like the, uh, wasn't it like a, like an artistic movement of like the, yes, or it an was. architectural the, movement. Uh, uh, I don't know. It was was it both? Maybe it was both. We don't know. What it was an architectural about. movement involving building cabins out of really big tongue <laughs> depressors. Sticks, yeah, yeah, popsicle sticks. Anyway, but Katie and I had to get all of this like real art supply stuff and got to like dabble at being actual like art students. And I love it. Um, it was so exciting. I remember I had like a fishing tackle box that I, I got mm-hmm. to go to the art supply store and um, like get various paints and certain types of pencils and stuff that I needed for class. And that's the only time I bought paint in the Can tube. you tell what I'm what I'm about to ask you based no. on what I'm doing with my hand? No. Um, did you have one of those pallets with a hole in it? No. Okay. <laughs> no. I did have this like we we all had to have a big like portfolio to carry our stuff around in like this like plastic that was made to look like leather this sort of like pliable plastic it was black and it zipped all the way around and had yeah i can visualize this um oh my gosh that yeah that was my like brief foray into what would it be like to go to art school uh clearly i didn't go to art school yeah i don't want to go to art school i just i think i just want to collect paint tubes that wouldn't be weird would it you know that was also the summer that katie and i discovered frappuccinos oh i remember when i discovered frappuccinos (laughs) there was was, it was around the time they introduced frappuccinos yeah me (laughs) Me too. too. There was a Safeway right around the corner from our dorm or like a block or two away. And there was um, a Starbucks, which was then a really new and exciting thing. And um, yeah, we would go to Starbucks and get Frappuccinos. And uh, we were also really into um, frosting like out of a like a store bought frosting, like out of a like a canister. 
Or a tube. And I remember eating store-bought frosting straight out of a canister that summer. Oh, man, what a summer that was. Yeah. It was a great summer. I also read The Mysteries of Pittsburgh for the first time. One of your favorites. Oh, God. Michael Chabon. Oh, my gosh. I listened to so much Violent Femmes that summer. Yeah. Oh, when... There was, like, one particular year, like, one one particular, like, school camping trip or something where I was introduced to Violent Femmes because, like... All of a sudden, everyone is playing it all mm-hmm. the time, particularly Blister in the Sun. Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't think, I don't think it was like at the time that album came out. I think it was a little later than that. That that was how it was for me. Okay. I, I was actually introduced to it that summer by our painting professor. Nice. Um, Did that come out in like eighty uh, three? Something like that. Okay. I mean, it came out when you and I were quite young. Yeah. Uh, and of course, I was introduced to it in what would that have been ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, that um, makes sense. But the, like, there was something about the sound of it. You know, it was so like petulant. Um, there's something about it oh, that makes that petulant makes, is the word that makes you feel like uh, just like scrappy and and um, like like you're just like gonna get through this life by like the skin of your teeth or exactly. something, right? Um, yeah, I saw them play once at my college around really? that same time, like ninety ninety five. Oh, that must have been a great show. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, like there was there was a uh, one guy was whining and the other one was playing the the xylophone. It was awesome. What else could you want? Right. Um, it was around that time that I saw. Actually, no, it was like five years later <laughs> that I saw the Mars Volta and Les uh-huh. Savi Fav. And um, the lead singer of Le Savi Fav, Tim Harrington, was so crazy on stage. He was, like, putting entire oranges in his mouth so he, like, couldn't talk. <laughs> and he was, like, climbing the rafters. It wow. Was... That sounds great. I like the Mars Volta. I've never seen them play. Um, I, I really loved Deloused in the Comatorium. It's good. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Like it's it. so good. Okay. Uh, so when, it, when during it this episode like, are we going to... It sounds gonna, like a parody of itself. It sure does. Um, <laughs> when are we going to make mayonnaise? Oh, do we have in, to? Over the course of this episode. Let's we do don't it have now. to. No, okay. no, let's right. do it now. Great. Okay, great. I'm ready. This episode is brought to you by Analon. And this morning I reached for my Analon Nouvelle Copper Lux Collection skillet to make some scrambled eggs. And not only were they the best scrambled eggs I've made in quite a while, but it is such a fun pan to use. I know it seems crazy to say that a uh, frying pan can be fun, but it's got a super comfortable handle. It heats evenly. It's got dishwasher-safe nonstick. It's really well-balanced. It has a layer of copper in the base for extremely even heating. It's a it's a great overall kitchen experience. It's heavy, but not too heavy. You know what I mean? And that's not all that Analon makes. They've got a complete gourmet cookware line. We're talking pasta makers. We're talking baking tools. We're talking cookware sets. We're talking culinary torches. The uh, the nonstick surface is metal utensil safe. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing about this pan that doesn't work great. It is a complete package. So check out the complete Analon culinary collection at Macy's. Analon, designed for creativity in the kitchen. Culinary torches. Whoosh! That's the sound of a torch. This episode is brought to you by Madison Reed, gorgeous salon quality hair color delivered to your door for less than 25 bucks. You don't have to go to the drugstore and choose between those boxes of outdated colors. You don't have to go to the salon and hand over an entire paycheck and a whole afternoon. You can go online to madison-reed.com where you'll find hair colors crafted in Italy by master colorists. Best of all, you can easily do these at home and they don't have ammonia or other ingredients that you might not feel so great about. To find your perfect shade, 
Again, go to madison-raid.com, get an expert color consultation there, or take the color quiz. Then, when you place your order, Spilled Milk listeners get 10% off, plus free shipping with the code SPILLEDMILK. That's code SPILLEDMILK at madison-raid.com. Matthew, we're going to do this with a whisk, right? Yeah. Okay. So. I've never actually made mayonnaise in a blender or a food processor. I learned to do it with a whisk and I have never thought that it was like as exhausting or time consuming as I was told. And therefore I keep doing it. What kind of bowl do you want? Um, like a medium sized mixing bowl, like bigger than you would think. Uh, so whisk. Uh, and what kind of oil are we using here, Matthew? Uh, your basic vegetable oil. Okay, great. And I mean, as a basic rule of thumb, I always think one egg yolk to three quarter cup of neutral oil. So that would be uh, vegetable oil. You could use like a neutral peanut oil, grapeseed. I think some people are into grapeseed. You know who I've never seen play is Neutral Milk Hotel, even oh, though like either. they did a bunch of comeback tours. Um, but I don't really know how much flavoring to add or when, when to do those things. Should we look up a recipe? Let's look up a recipe. Okay. You know, I think this uh, Molly Weisenberg girl who does this super, super annoying podcast called Spilled Milk, I think that she published a recipe on uh, Bon Appetit a long time ago when she was doing a column there. I hear she has this blog called Organette. People are forever misspelling Orangette <laughs> as Organette. And now I just love it. It's an organ that's just a small organ. It is. Oh, wait, we have no internet. Oh, I have internet it, on my on your phone. phone. Okay, organ edit up. Okay. All right, here we go. Yeah, this is a mayonnaise recipe that uh, is on uh, Bon Appetit, February 2008. We'll link to it in the show notes, spilledmilkpodcast.com. Cool. Okay, here we go. So, one large egg yolk. One and a half teaspoons of fresh lemon juice, one teaspoon white wine vinegar, quarter teaspoon Dijon mustard, half teaspoon salt, plus more to taste, and three quarter cup canola oil. So we're basically going to put together all of that except the oil first. Here we go, Matthew. Okay, read this off to me again. One large egg yolk. I wish you could hear the sound of me separating this egg. You know that feeling when the kind of like thick part of the white mm -hmm. gets stuck between your fingers? Yep. I can never decide whether... <laughs> I don't know what to do now. I can't take off my headphones because my hands are covered with egg. <laughs> okay. okay, go wash your hands. Okay, so now we're going to do... You said that to me exactly as if I was six years old. Now, go wash your hands, Matthew. Can you tell that I have a six-year-old? Okay, half teaspoon of salt. Since we're using kosher salt here, we're probably going to need a little bit more later, but we'll figure that out later. Okay, quarter teaspoon Dijon mustard. Matthew, I was fascinated to learn that you and your family don't really keep Dijon mustard around. No, I am not a mustard user because I'm condiment phobic. Mm -hmm. um, and wife of the show, Lori, does enjoy a mustard, particularly on a hot dog, but then she just wants like the French's yellow mustard. Matthew, there's no one teaspoon here. I <laughs> probably used it. Um, can you? I, I can. Let's let's wing it. Yeah. But I do need uh, one and a half teaspoons of fresh lemon juice. How are we going to get that? We're going to squeeze this lemon. Don't you? Don't you have a? Yeah, I have a. I have a reamer. Well, you, I mean, we don't have to. Well, do no, wanna, we can ream. Do you want to get your hands dirty again? Yeah. Oh, I'm having a really hard time opening this vinegar. This show is off to a great start. 
Well, I mean, to be fair, we've been doing this episode for 28 minutes. <laughs> so it is Are off to a great serious? start. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about Back to the Future and I don't even remember what else. What did we talk about? I've already forgotten. Do you want me to go ahead and put the lemon juice in? Yeah, one and a half teaspoons. Okay. Wait, hang on. I've got the one and a half teaspoon measure. (laughs) Well, I cut the lemon in a weird way and now it's like slipping off the rim. It'll be fine. Everything will be fine. Okay, one and a half teaspoons. Beautiful. Look at that. Okay, now do one. Te- I just juiced one and a half teaspoons. Just exactly by feel. Could you do one teaspoon? Yep. Okay, and so um, I'm gonna whisk this up until it is blended and bright yellow. Okay. About thirty seconds. I will take a picture. I'm ready to begin adding the oil. Okay. Now, Matthew, we need three quarters of a cup of oil. Okay, do you want me to measure it out? Sure. (laughs) So the first quarter cup of the oil is is sort of the most crucial. If you add the first quarter cup too fast, you can't really get your emulsion going. However, I, if anything, I feel like because I read so many like recipe head notes about making mayonnaise that put like the fear of failure into my head if anything i feel like i sometimes over whisk my mayonnaise and make it too tight so i'm not really worried about this emulsion forming or not forming uh the other thing the other thing is that if your oil if your if your mayo breaks at any point you can fix it by adding a tiny bit of water like a very small amount like start with like a half teaspoon um, or if it, I mean, if it's a real disaster, you can also uh, get a fresh bowl, put an egg yolk in it, and then add your broken mayonnaise to the beaten egg yolk. If it's a real disaster, you can just use Hellman's. Oh yeah, that too. Oh. So it's happening. It's happening right now in front of my face. So I'm doing like a drop or two of oil at a time. And here's the thing that you have to remember is that like once you start making it, it's not like you can't stop. Like you can stop and take can, a break. You can just like stop and walk away. You can stop and take a break anytime you want. Can you can you quit? Uh sure, but then you're left with like a unfinished mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's not like when you're like making candy or something. Oh, I see. And you can't like step away from it or right. it'll get too hot or it'll whatever. Or like you're like a custard. Correct. It's not a custard. No, you can stop at any time. Is a custard make... an emulsion? I believe so, isn't Seems it? Seems like it. Seems like a lot of emulsions oh, wow, involve cool. eggs. Um, well, I mean, because that's, that's your most potent source of emulsifier that's likely to be in your house unless you live in a lecithin factory. So you can see pretty quickly. Yeah. It I, starts I see to things... take on body. It does. Now, you said a minute ago when I was not near the microphone that if you overmix it, it can get tight. What does that mean? Like too oh, stiff? Yeah, too stiff. Like weird. Like like and wouldn't I, squeeze out of the paint tube. Well, no, not like that, but just it almost starts looking greasy. So this looks a lot like lemon curd, and I'm, I, I want lemon curd now. This is pretty cool, though. Wait, did you say you've made this before or not? Um, I've made it in the food processor once. 
am, I mean, am I overstating it and saying this is so easy? This looks so easy. This is like not, I don't understand why people make this seem like such a big deal that takes so long. How often do you do this? Not very often. Um, I think I first made mayonnaise about 10 years ago, and I've probably made it a dozen times since. Okay. Well, this because is, this is re- lucky number 13. Because I really like homemade mayo. I mean, excuse me, I really like Hellman's mayo sure. or best foods. So I'm kind of like, why bother? So um, one time when I was a kid, like a fairly small kid, I think, like seven or something, I was at a party with my parents, like a dumb grown-up party, um, and there was a chocolate cake, and I was like, cool, cake. And so I ate some of the chocolate cake, and then my mom leaned over conspiratorially. Oh, and, and said it was said, a mayonnaise yes, cake. Yes, and said, said, you'll never guess what the secret ingredient in this cake is. And I said, what? And she said. It's a human head. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that Judy Amster, she's a real joker. The person throwing the party was my mom's friend, (laughs) Helen. And so my mom leaned over and said, Hellman's mayonnaise. But I thought she said, Helen's Helen's mayonnaise. mayonnaise. I'm like, what is even going on here? Like, why does my mom keep trying to torment me with mayo, for one thing? Okay, Matthew, look, it's done. Oh, wow. Okay. That was so fast. I'm going to taste it. Mm, That's good. Is it good? Does it It need more salt? It does. Okay, let's put more salt in it. I think when I developed this recipe, uh, which I should say, it's not like it was some original recipe. I'm sure that mayonnaise is sort of a formula. I don't Mm -hmm. think. No, you you mentioned it was it was developed like credit for a recipe, the Middle Ages or something. Um, Anyway, okay, here we go. But when I developed it, I think I used like a fine salt, not a kosher salt. So, will you taste again? Yeah, now we're talking. More salt? Nope. No. Anyway, so basically, starting from this, the you, lemon really comes through strongly, which you, I like. You could um, you could also do aioli. For aioli, um, you know, some people do. Some people replace the neutral oil entirely with olive oil, a mild tasting oil, not like a young sure. green oil. Um, but or a big round tasting oil is fine. It doesn't have to be a mild oil, but it shouldn't be like grassy or spicy. Anyway. I personally think that that aioli can quickly get really bitter and and difficult um, because I, of the olive oil. Yes. Yeah. And so I, when I make aioli, which admittedly is not often, um, I don't use entirely olive oil. I use a like a fraction of. Um, neutral tasting oil look at you you emulsified i'm i emulsified and it was so easy i mean really we should uh f- listen to the the tape and figure out exactly how long that took because that was quick we should. why do people make it seem like this is so hard yeah it seems like maybe one minute and 37 seconds yeah anyway there you go and uh now what should i do with this we have i have some leftover uh rotisserie chicken from last week's episode it has not been a week since then i want to specify the same day um <laughs> Should should I make it into chicken salad? I think you should. Okay. I mean, would I your think, would your people eat that? Uh, half of them would. One and a half. Uh, you have three. Th- oh, uh, one third of them would. Incl- if you're including <laughs> me as a person. Oh, wait, so which one? Lori would eat the chicken salad. Right. Okay. Um, or you can you can keep this for up to a week, probably. Okay. Or do you want me to take it home? Are you scared of it? No, I think I want to offer it to wife of the show, Lori, and, and, as uh, like a chicken salad with homemade mayo. I think she would appreciate that. Oh, great. Okay. That sounds great. I, th- I think maybe I can get lucky. <laughs> I think you um, might, too. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, what else do you do with mayo? Okay. Here's the number one thing I do with mayo. 
Okay. Um, a couple things, actually. Okay. I make coleslaw, which we talked about on the coleslaw episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I make Nancy Silverton's chipotle mayo, which mm. uh, we will uh, we'll link to the recipe. It's spilled, spilledmilkpodcast.com. Is it like a um, doctor? It's a doc. It's from her Hellman's. book, uh, Twist of the Wrist, mm. which mm-hmm. is all uh, like cooking with, with canned and... Uh, canned things, canned and jarred things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you take you take a Hellman's or a Best Foods and, and you add uh, just like some chopped chipotle chilies, garlic, um, uh, lemon juice, uh, maybe cilantro, I think. Mm-hmm. And I use it for spicy fried catfish sandwiches. It's great. Oh, that sounds so fantastic. It's just like a leaf of lettuce and a fried catfish filet. Cool. That sounds really good. I have made a like a like a sort of doctored basil aioli doing um, using Hellman's and then making sort of like a pesto without the cheese. I'm Dr. Basil aioli. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, also, of course, egg salad. Oh. Oh, yes. Uh, on sandwiches. BLTs. Uh, remoulade. Mayonnaise is the base for remoulade, which is, a, you know, a, a, a mayonnaise-based sauce. Kind of like a mm-hmm. tartar sauce, but mayonnaise-based with, like, Cornichon or gherkin is tartar sauce mayonnaise? I don't know what tartar sauce. Oh, what tartar sauce is? Really, it's a mystery it's like to me. Pickles, yes, and... but so does remoulade. Okay, remoulade also has capers. Maybe does it have chopped egg? You know, you know who we need is like a, some people who host a food show. We do, <laughs> do uh, dipping sauce for fries. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar with this. Like particularly at like a Belgian frites stand. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's not. The thing I choose. Um, deviled eggs. Sure. You need mayonnaise to make deviled eggs. Also. This is, this is, it's like you're, you've taken my hand and like walking me through like my own personal cavalcade of horrors. Okay. This is really going to skeeve you out. Um, the, the French dish, au mayonnaise. Uh, I, I'm familiar with it. Anyway, I, I've never had uh, this French dish, but I, I don't know why I haven't because it seems so Perfect. Like basically you take hard boiled eggs, you cut them in half and you like spread them with mayonnaise. That's the simplest version. That, that sounds heavenly. I disagree. But <laughs> no, like, you again, do. like I'm not I'm not saying like like I think, you know, that, that I am the arbiter of taste. And like like I think there's something wrong with me, not something wrong with these foods. Yeah, I think um, you're right. Like, yeah. Like how much progress have I made on the egg salad front since the scary food episode like seven like, years ago? None. none. Uh, and then, of course, mayonnaise in cakes and things like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have a I have a story um, that's not really about mayonnaise, but is about the Smashing Pumpkins song Mayonnaise, which is a very good song from their 1993 album Siamese Dream. OK. So uh, as I mentioned, I went to see my friend's band uh, 88 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and her boyfriend uh, was uh, fronting a different band. I don't remember the name of his band, but uh, they played a cover of uh, the Smashing Pumpkins song Cherub Rock from the same album. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, afterwards, uh, I went up to him excitedly. Um, and uh, oh, this, this guy's like, I don't know, 20 years old. And uh, and I was and I was like, hey, um, at my very first ever show that I played, we covered a song from that album, uh, Mayonnaise. This was in 1994. And uh, then I realized, like, I, I'm the oldest person you've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, you're so cool. It's me, Dad. You're so cool. Wow. Oh, I love that. That's great, Matthew. Uh, there's somewhere floating around there is a cassette tape with a recording of that show that we played, I think in fall of 94 in the student lounge. It might have been spring of 94. I can't remember. That sounds really cool, it, dude. It's, we did a pretty good job with it. Okay. It's not an easy song. Um, I've never heard it. Maybe I'll listen to it on you, the drive you home. You have heard it. I have? Okay. I just didn't know it was called Mayonnaise. It was, it was, it was not like one of the singles from the album. Okay. Um, what about Cupie Mayo? Okay. This is something I like. Okay. So, Matthew, is it just because it's Japanese? Yeah, for sure. Um, but, I mean, it's like it has a, it has a more even texture and it has MSG in it. And what gives it the sweetness? I, is, does it have like apple cider vinegar or something? Sugar? I think sugar is probably the answer. Okay. I, sometimes we have some in the fridge. I don't know if we do currently. I don't really want to eat it. Um, I mean, so I, would, here, I, I eat it on things all the time, I'm right. sure. But I don't really want to taste it plain. I don't want to taste any mayonnaise plain, but I do like Kewpie mayo on okonomiyaki, Japanese yep, pancakes. Yep. Um, I like it in Japanese egg salad which I like for some reason. Oh my God, Matthew, you make me tired. Yeah, I'm the worst. Yeah, okay. So what's different about Japanese eggs? Can I tell you a little more about how cool I was in the 90s? (laughs) What's what's so okay about Japanese egg salad that's so wrong with American egg salad? Um... Probably nothing. It's probably pretty much the same. Like, is it pretty much the same? It's pretty much the same. I mean, like, just the, with Kewpie mayo. Yeah, with Kewpie mayo, the Japanese one usually has sliced cucumber and like just uh, raw cucumber, not not pickled, and sometimes like bits of ham. But I don't know. You are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well. <laughs> This episode was brought to you by Analon Cookware. Whether you're making a recipe that you've made a million times or maybe trying something bold and new, Analon will help you make it delicious. Their entire selection of gourmet kitchenware comes with a lifetime warranty, and you can find all of it cookware sets, baking tools, even pasta makers at Macy's. Analon, designed for creativity in the kitchen. Are we done now? I think we're done. Okay, cool. Uh, you can find us online at SpilledMilkPodcast.com, where we'll link to that uh, Chipotle mayo recipe, uh, Molly's uh, mayo co- mayonnaise column from Bon Appetit. What else? I don't know. The Smashing Pumpkins song. Yeah. Uh, maybe a picture of me from when I had hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Cool. And I don't know what else. <laughs> I don't know. I just got tired all of a sudden. Oh, our producer is Abby Circatella. Uh, we're on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast. Please leave us a review wherever you find the show. Yeah. Uh, and until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. The emulsifier that holds us together is you, the listener. Oh, oh it's so beautiful. I'm Matthew Amsterburton. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And then <laughs> I like your hand symbol. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. 
Whether you're traveling for work or just enjoying a relaxing week away, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, and if you're a spilled milk listener, we bet that sometimes you want to cook when you travel. And Town Place Suites by Marriott has a Weber grill on the patio. They've got a microwave, dishwasher, stovetop, full-size refrigerator. You are good to go. In other words, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. 